Welcome to episode 1474 of Effectively Wild Baseball Podcast on Fangraphs.com, brought to you by our Patreon supporters. I'm Sam Miller of ESPN, along with Meg Rowley of Fangraphs and Ben Lindbergh of The Ringer. We're all here. Hello, folks. Hi. Hello. We're going to be doing our annual minor league draft. I'm excited. Yeah. The minor league <laughs> free agent draft. We're doing it. Seventh annual. Seventh annual. We're, wow. We'll go over last year's results. And while we're doing that, maybe we'll go over this year's uh, off-season free agent contracts results, too, because I can't go over those enough. Um, ben, uh, ben, you had some something you wanted to mention. Yeah, well, I think it was related to the off-season contracts free agent draft, right? Because uh, I think things went even worse for me. I've stopped checking it because it's just oh, I <laughs> too <have> upsetting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so are you talking about the Ryu signing? I think so, right? Okay, so, yeah. so there were two big signings since we last spoke. The, the free agent pitching market is basically depleted at this point because the White Sox signed Dallas Keuchel for three years and $55.5 million and the Blue Jays signed Hyunjin Ryu for four years and $80 million, both Scott Boris clients. So his offseason total is up over a billion now. That's a pretty good offseason for Scott Boris commission-wise. And... Now there's uh, there are no good pitchers left. I guess there's there's Rich Hill. I don't want to disrespect Rich Hill, but just got arrested. Rich Hill. Rich Hill just what? got just got arrested. Like uh, this what? broke like six minutes ago. For, For what? what? Uh, trying to get an oversized bag into a football game. Oh my god! <laughs> what? <laughs> I have never been more relieved to oh, have so to happy. react to something live. <laughs> this was- all right, Ugh. so this was this was apparently on Saturday. I uh, I have not read the article that it's based on, but here's a here's a, a section of the article. Richard J. Hill, a veteran pitcher for several <laughs> major league baseball teams, including the Dodgers and the Red Sox, and his wife were arrested outside Gillette Stadium Saturday after Caitlin Hill repeatedly tried to enter the stadium with an oversized bag and then refused to leave the grounds when ordered to do so by Foxborough police. Police said Monday, Richard Hill was charged with disorderly conduct and resisting when he allegedly tried to stop police from putting his wife into a prisoner transport vehicle for a ride to the police station for booking on disorderly conduct and trespassing charges, according to police. Oh, my goodness. Huh. All right. Well, I'm relieved. So Rich Hill is not canceled. (laughs) Roller, the roller coaster of emotion. Yeah, so over this the is, last thirty this seconds, was just chivalrous, I guess. Oh yeah, no, I mean it's it is what you would like to be arrested for, for, for sure. Like <laughs> you're, guess. it's double, right? Like you're you're a arrested for defending your wife uh, right. against the state, which is already a, a solid thing to be doing, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then b for fighting the petty tyranny of like modern security yeah. culture. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. So, yeah. Security theater, I guess. Not that, you know, you like like there is a point <laughs> to not trying to sneak suspicious packages around. So I'm not I guess I'm not totally sure where I fall on this. But uh, but yes, I mean, the um, the the way that we have acceded to living uh, is sometimes that you feel like you wish someone would stand up and say, no, this bag is fine. Yeah. As someone who had to purchase a clear plastic purse to take to Seahawks games and then have had to watch as male security officers have opened tiny 
little parcels within that and then looked horrified at having to carry tampons, which human women do sometimes have to carry with them. I I support the hills. I will join their revolution. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wonder what was in the bag besides that. Why why was it so big? I hope it was little bottles of hooch, like a lot of little (laughs) bottles of hooch. Not just one, but a lot of them, little ones. Maybe it was just the principle of the thing. Anyway, that was not what I was expecting to hear when I brought up Rachel. Not sure how I missed that story, but... So I guess that uh, that probably doesn't hurt Rich Hill's free agency, I wouldn't think. So he's maybe still the best free agent starter available. I don't know who else is out there now. It's like Yvonne Nova is uh, still a free agent, I guess. Yeah. Homer Bailey. It's pretty, pretty bleak. So anyway, what does this uh, well, do I got to some our... Pitch- I got some pitchers who are available that I'm going to I'm gonna talk well, about in a few minutes. There are some good minor league they're, free they're, agents. They're game changers. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so so anyway, uh, Keuchel, White Sox. Are, are going for it. They they landed someone else, and Blue Jays sort of surprising that they would be the one to, to land Ryu, I guess, except that, and this is something we probably should have talked about on our story we missed about every team, because we talked about Matt Shoemaker for the Blue Jays in the yeah. brief season he had. What we probably should have mentioned is just the Blue Jays starting rotation as a whole, which I did not realize. They had 21 pitchers start for them in yeah, 2019. Very that is Yeah, that is wild. 21 pitchers. That is not quite a major league record, but but basically. So the, the 1915 Philadelphia A's had 24 starting pitchers because that was their first post-fire sale season. And so I guess they were just starting whoever was around at the time. But other than that, that's the most ever. It's the, the 67 Mets had 20 and the 2019 Blue Jays had 21. So no wonder they felt like they needed to go get a starter. And they had also already signed Tanner Roark and traded for Chase Anderson and re-signed Shoemaker. So anyway, fun to see Ryu go to an unlikely destination. And he got a good deal, which was, I guess, bad news So for me and the the free agent contracts draft, which I assume you have the updated numbers and are eager to share them, Sam. At the moment, you're $300 million behind me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Who has uh, Donaldson? Among, I don't remember. We which didn't. Of... Uh, Donaldson was not picked. We, we, we couldn't oh. get a read on it. Oh, okay. So there are there are five, I think, five players left for you to make up the ground. Will <laughs> Will Harris and Marcelo Zuna for me, uh, yeah. okay. and Puig, Batanzas, and Edwin Encarnacion. For you, okay. all right. uh, so and you do I... have the over on all of them. Yeah, the, right. The funny <laughs> so thing if is, they that... sign for a hundred million each. I still yeah. got a shot. So the only one that you've got right so far too is basically on a technicality because <laughs> Jose Abreu accepted yes. the qualifying offer and then like forty seconds later agreed yeah. to a three-year extension that would have been double what his predicted yep. value was. So um, yeah, you're doing an Orioles thing here. Yeah, I think I misread you're the market. Get, you're getting the first pick in next year's draft. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to be so wrong in the sense that it means that the the off season has been busy and and bullish. But yeah, uh, yeah but those boy. were your those were your five unders, and so the three <laughs> remaining are your three overs. So you yeah. made five unders, and they were all over, which uh, isn't isn't that shocking given unders were a bad idea. It right, turns out. Yeah, and yeah. we talked about that. So much of this game was trying to figure out what way the the macro economy of baseball free agents was going to go yeah speaking of which do you think Odorisi is like uh, I I was going to ask that (laughs) yeah I was going to ask that too must be like yelling at his agent or kicking himself right because he is the only player who accepted a qualifying offer this year right or no Abreu did technically and then he got the the big extension anyway and Odorisi 
who was coming off a, a really good year, not a, a full healthy season, but very effective when he was good and not old or anything. And pitchers who are not as good or promising as Jake Odorizzi have really cashed in this winter. So he must be regretting that that qualifying offer, right? He might be, but you would th- probably he would still consider this good because he's only he's now he's under contract for one year and he'll hit the market next year. Yeah, and if this no is not an offer. anomalous offseason, but if this represents a, a correction to, to previous norms, then then that would mean that he's still going to hit free agency in a year. I mean, he'll have to live through a year of, of stress about that. So he's mm-hmm. you, you, I think you're right that he would probably, if he could do it again, he would have uh, hit the market. But uh, this is generally good news for him. And next year, he won't have a, a pick attached to him uh, yep. because he is. And been... he'll be one of the better starters on that market, right? The 2020 starting pitching market is what? It's him. It's... Uh... I haven't even looked ahead that far. James Paxton, I think, comes up in 2020 um, mm-hmm. to be an, uh, you know, in that offseason. There are a couple others, but I don't think that that market is especially rich. You know, There's no Garrett Cole, at least not that we're aware of yet. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and these two deals that were just signed. So Ryu accepted the qualifying offer last winter, which granted he was not coming off anything like the season he is coming off now, but he went from that to four years, 80 million. And then Keuchel, of course, sat out half of the 2019 season and finally got a deal at at mid-year. And he was a qualifying offer guy too. And so this year he's not. But still, the fact that he is signing for 355 coming off a half season or so when he didn't really do anything that he hadn't done the previous year. He had like exactly the same ERA almost and pretty much similar peripherals. So it wasn't like he was a new and improved Dallas Keuchel. He's just a year older and uh, lost a little bit more velocity. And yet he got the deal that I guess he was looking for this Mm. winter, which I don't know if that's all qualifying offer or just the market just... The, the market is back. Teams are spending again. I don't mm. know. Yeah. Yes, Strowman will also be a free agent, and Trevor Bauer, and Quintana, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then it drops down into like the Mike Miner, Robbie Ray tier. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to watch Dallas Keuchel throwing to Yasmani Grandal. Yeah, that's true. Good good pairing of pitcher and framer there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you, what you do if you're the Angels now or I guess the, the Twins who kind of got lucky. I, I guess that Odorizzi accepted yeah, that seriously. and then also signed Pineda and uh, haven't really had to keep up with, with Cleveland doing anything, obviously, but uh, but they haven't really added anyone to last year's team. And then and the Angels, uh, they added Julio Tehran. So <laughs> I don't know. Is that it? Are they going to get David Price there? There really aren't that many appealing pitchers who we know are available remaining. So I'm not yeah. sure that there's enough left for them to go into next year and have have satisfied us with uh, their pitching deficiencies. Did I dream that there was a Michael Clevenger rumor the other day? You did not. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You did not dream it. I mean, you could be generous and assume the best about the Corey Kluber deal and, and, you know, maybe talk yourself into it. But there's a lot of difference between that, a pitcher coming off of a lost season who's who's quite old and is, you know, coming to the end of a a contract versus Mike Clevenger, a pitcher who is young, healthy, and peaking. Mm -hmm. Um, Very different story there. So it does, it does paint a rather grim, rather grim picture. Pretty grim. Uh-huh. Yep. 
All right. And the only other thing I wanted to mention is that Nick Senzel just switched his agency to Scott Boris. So perhaps he heard our discussion on the podcast the other day, Meg, about why every player is not represented by Scott Boris and decided that would be a good idea. And also there was uh, an announcement that MLB set yet another revenue record of $10.7 billion this year with more growth projected in the future as national TV contracts increase and Nike deals and other revenue sources coming in in the near future. So in that sense, it is uh, a good thing that free agency has bounced back at least right now, or we would be contrasting that news of even more revenue with uh, another slow offseason. But fortunately, we have avoided that for the moment. It probably means nothing, but it is kind of interesting the timing of Senzel switching to Boris right now because, you know, he he was not a Scott Boris client when he was drafted second overall in the in the June draft, which is a, a time when you might I mean that's when Boris has thrived traditionally. And he's not switching to Boris right before his free agency period when, you know, again, Scott Boris thrives. Instead, he's switching to him now six years ahead, I think six years ahead of his free agency during the period when there's not much to do except negotiate an extension. And Scott Boris is not known for negotiating extensions. There have been a very small number of them, uh, but but it's a small number and they tend to be after arbitration, which sends us three years away from arbitration. So that is kind of interesting. I wonder what the thinking was there or much more likely They bumped into each other at a fancy party, and he said, hey, you want to be my agent? And Scott Boris said, sure. (laughs) Yeah, could be. I don't know. Maybe he's upset about having to change positions or something and feels like he needs a stronger advocate. I don't know. That's just wild speculation. Anyway, that's all I've got for news. All right. So let's do this draft. The rules are the same as always. We're going to pick from the Baseball America list of uh, minor league free agents which is about 500 minor league free agents. And we never, a few points of clarification for people who have not been through this before. Many, many players sign minor league deals as free agents, but they are not minor league free agents. A minor league free agent is someone who has spent, what, six years in the minor leagues and uh, ended the season in the minor leagues, something like along those lines. Yeah, more or less. And there's a, a, a list put out every year of about 500 of these players, many of whom you haven't heard of, most of whom you haven't heard of, some of whom are in high A or double A and have never gotten any higher, some of whom you've heard of, but not for like seven years, some of whom are technically not retired, but for all intents and purposes, they are retired. And then like some of them are just names where you see them and you think that you like you have a memory of seeing them this year and then you check and in fact they haven't played in four years or they haven't played in the majors in four years and you're not sure where that memory came from i would say that the mets have my favorite group of minor league (laughs) free agents this year or or, uh, these are former mets they're no longer mets it includes zach lee Irvin santana Mm -hmm. arismendi alcantara danny espinosa ruben tejada reimer liriano and gregor blanco that's a that's a that's a team from yeah. like from a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. So maybe one of them, maybe one of us will draft one of them, or maybe not. So we're gonna do. Uh, we typically do about ten rounds. So I guess we'll do ten rounds. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's the whole thing. Yeah. We draft well, we have and- to explain the the scoring. What we're actually trying to achieve here. So the scoring is based on major league playing time in the following season, and it is based on plate appearances or batters faced. So. 
that's it. We don't necessarily need to draft someone who will be good next year. We Thank just, goodness. <laughs> it helps. But if they are in the majors and they are facing batters or pitchers, then that's it. We just tally up the plate appearances and batters faced at the end of the season. And whoever has the most collectively wins. Yeah, and so last year, uh, Jeff destroyed. I mean, Jeff Jeff had, on his way out the door, had one of the all-time great drafts. uh, The all-time great draft. Yes, easily. So Ben and I were neck and neck. Ben had 548 plate appearances. I had 586, which is, I don't know, roughly median performance. Mm -hmm. Neither of us uh, brought shame on our family or anything like that. But uh, Jeff got 1,640. Ugh. He he hit on eight of eleven players. Wow! He, he got seven, right? Seven? Or no? Because no, we drafted we, we drafted eleven last we year. We drafted eleven reason. last yeah. year. We drew yeah. ba- impulse purchase at the end. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he had uh, he had Harold Ramirez four hundred and forty six plate appearances. Luke Bard one hundred and ninety nine. Brandon Brennan one hundred and ninety five. Asher Wojciechowski three sixty two. Jairo Diaz two forty five. Rookie Davis fifty two. Josh Lucas sixty nine. And RJ <laughs> Alani's seventy two. What a and this is after a really shameful performance the year before (laughs) when he had two hundred and three. Oh, that makes me which, feel better. <laughs> which I believe is like the lowest that we've had. Maybe maybe an all-time low, in fact. I don't know if, I, <laughs> if I'm going to be able to see. So 203, 2017 at 375 was the low. 2016, 303 was the low. 2015, 560 was the low. 2014, 90. Okay, so Ben, ben in the inaugural year had 93. And so that was the all-time low. But we were really just figuring things out at that point. Yes. We didn't even have the internet yet. That's, we had to draft <laughs> based on memory. We had, had to just to make name calls, players call that we'd heard of. Have you heard of this guy? Do you know where he'll be? Yeah. Well, that makes me feel good. I had forgotten that Jeff had a, a dud draft the year before because I was going to say, well, no wonder he got hired by a team. He can clearly <laughs> pick the players. But maybe it was small sample. I don't know. But pretty impressive because the guys he got weren't even like – obvious ones like they weren't guys who were necessarily in the majors getting playing time every year they were just kind of good picks i i'm impressed and i think on the whole we did a pretty good job because uh 19 of our 33 picks hit yeah obviously like some of them got five plate appearances or six plate appearances but still (laughs) we were we were better than 50 50 at, at finding players who would actually be in the big leagues next year so we can spot value maybe yeah, I'm feeling, uh, yeah, I feel good. Every year we get a little bit better and we get a little bit more, I don't know, we throw out some strategies, we, we throw some overboard, They've they, we've tried them and they failed, and uh, we, we try some new ones. So, yeah. well, I get, you know, Meg, the first year that, that Jeff did it, we, we gave him the first pick. And he said, he said, oh, yeah, well, I don't want it. So I'll go last. Okay, so (laughs) I want the first pick. (laughs) Good. You're the first. You're the first. And then, Ben, I'm going to do a random number generator here. So you're going to be number one and I'm going to be number two because alphabetical. Here we go. My eyes are closed. Generate. It's two. Okay. All right. What does that mean? It means I go first. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Okay. So I'm going first. You're going Mm -hmm. first. Yeah. And I I am taking with the first overall pick, uh, Patrick Wisdom. Oh, Mm -hmm. so now you've you've got you've you've thought this through. So you've skipped like five years of our. (laughs) Well, I don't know. She's listened Uh, to previous drafts. I have listened to previous drafts, so that that works. Although uh, we should confess or I should confess to our listeners that despite having listened to every previous draft I still had to ask both of you what the actual rules were (laughs) for this draft yesterday I don't know if I prepped too much 
or not enough, but I'm taking Patrick Wisdom with the first overall pick. Patrick Wisdom, who last year was in AAA for the Rangers and signed uh, just a deal, just a one-year contract with the Seattle Mariners. Yeah. He is on the 25-man roster at this very moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays third base, among other things. The Mariners may or may not try to trade Kyle Seager this offseason, so I will not go into this much explanation for the rest of my picks, some of which will be not as good, um, but I feel very good about Patrick Wisdom. Yeah. Explanations are good because none of these name, names mean anything, anything to, to anyone. It's all this. This is a long banter. <laughs> Patrick Wisdom would have been my second pick. Okay. And so uh, that's what I mean. I'm very impressed. You've you've brought you've brought a very uh, fully developed game. Yeah. This well, <laughs> we'll see. You are you're you have pitchability. You you showed up with a lot of refinement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was third on my list. He he had 31 homers in AAA, but. AAA and PCL and juice ball and all of that, but yeah. but still pretty good and yeah, the all important major league deal. I want to ask about your your process, Meg, your inaugural draft prep, but uh, I guess if if that might potentially give away your strategy, then we could wait till the end. Why don't we wait till the end? I don't know okay. that it will give away my strategy. That might be conferring too much. Um, <laughs> craft to yeah. to what I've actually done here but <laughs> okay. in case you think my draft is very smart we can save it to the end <laughs> <laughs> okay and you got with wisdom you got a player who is actually on the depth chart which is a, a very yeah. rare thing very strong not as a starter but as noted everybody on the mariners is prone to be traded and i think wisdom is is next on on the depth chart for a, a couple of positions so that's a very strong pick so it was number two, but I hadn't actually really thought. Can I ask a quick question of each of you, though, uh, yeah. which if you don't want to give it away, fine. But I'm curious, how many names do you have? <laughs> well, so I have like multiple tiers of names. I have a spreadsheet with like 60 names on it, but I'm going to kind of be – I cast a wider net this year when it came to prep. Like usually I'm I'm worried about whether I even have enough names on the thing. For me to draft players that the other people don't draft this year i have too many players but i've sort of kind of organized them in some kind of hierarchy here which i will be kind of determining as i go so i have 60 names but i only like remember much about <laughs> or like you know half of them or fewer mm-hmm. okay i have i have 20 ranked names mm-hmm. but i have a spreadsheet with a lot of information, probably too much information on the entire, well, I don't have information on all of them, but the entire 510 guys from Oh, the, wow. You put them all in there. <laughs> I put them all in there. They're not, I mean, they're not all ranked. Yeah. Even I have my limits. <laughs> but wait, you you did querying? You did like, uh, you did, you have some sort of like uh, VLOOKUP thing going on? Yeah. Wow. How did you do that? This list is like written in text. <laughs> I there's I no there's no a, I put white Christmas on and, wow. and did some spreadsheet work. You, you did you type five hundred and ten names? No, or, no, you you I what? Did some, what? I, I did some copy and paste and some uh-huh. transposing and uh, wow, some data cleanup. I am very impressed. Well, yeah, don't don't be impressed yet. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, now I'm intimidated. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I'm not sure I made it all the way down the list. <laughs> uh, I don't right. know. I was, I, ner- so. I was nervous about bringing shame on my family. Historically speaking, I'm not sure that prep time has correlated I, I, to results. I, I, yeah, it <laughs> so. seems very unlikely to. <laughs> all right, Samuel. All right, 
I'm gonna go with well, I'm going with my first first on my list, but um, well, it's Kyle Finnegan, mm-hmm. and Kyle Finnegan is a very safe pick. I think Kyle Finnegan is a uh, is a as a reliever. He was very good last year in the minors in double and triple A. Good peripherals, great strikeout rate, great success overall. Struck out 14 batters per nine in double A and didn't allow a homer. Uh, and then also did well in triple A. And then he was signed. It throws hard, everything good. And then he was signed by the Nationals, who have been known to have bad bullpens. And so I'm thinking that there's like a lot of room there for him. He also got a 40-man spot. So, you know, that's a that's that's a great that's a great thing to see about your player. But it does hurt a little bit to take a reliever with the first overall pick. You know, if things work out, which I feel confident they will. But if things work out, you're looking at maybe 220 plate appearances. You're not getting Harold Ramirez in the Mm -hmm. first in the first round with uh, with a reliever. But all the same, Kyle Finnegan, former sixth round pick, uh, was with the A's. Now with the Nationals, who have uh, one good reliever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, Finnegan was second on my board. It's a good pick. And I'm going to take Jose Mujica. Who was third on my board. Yeah, so I I think we all gravitated toward the same strategy with our first picks here, which is Major League Contract, someone who has a 40-man spot. Mujica signed with the Rockies, so he's a he's a relief pitcher. How hard can it be for a relief pitcher to make the Rockies in 2020? He has been promising in the past. He's young for, for the free agent draft. I think he's, what, 23, 24? And he missed all of this past season. He had Tommy John surgery, I believe, in 2018 and or some sort of elbow surgery and he had been good before that he had been promising he was a raise prospect and uh he had pitched well prior to that surgery but uh then he got hurt and he hasn't come back yet which is sort of scary but i think the combination of his age and former performance and prospect pedigree and going to the rockies and getting a 40 man spot that's uh, enough for me and he's he's 23 and it's it's rare to see like a a minor league free agent get a story on mlp.com rockies sign ready mujica to free agent deal you don't see that for everyone in the free agent draft or certainly on the free agent list so that uh, speaks to his status on this list. Yeah, the only reason that I had him third is that I was worried that he would be like, uh, you know, he'd pitch in June or something like that. That you, right. he, he wouldn't uh, necessarily, st- I didn't know, I have not seen his medicals is what I'm saying. <laughs> Nor have I. He did, I think he had Tommy John in September of 2018. So he should be ready, I would think, given the typical timeline, but haven't heard how his rehab has gone. It's so great to draft a Rockies reliever too, because if they're say they have, if you draft a an ER a, a reliever with an ERA plus of a hundred in Colorado versus an ERA plus of a hundred in like Miami, that's like sixty five more bat, plate appearances because they're giving up so many more hits. Like <laughs> yeah. you get you have all these innings where you like allow three base runners and one run scores, and then you get an attaboy when you come in. Whereas it, you, to get an attaboy anywhere else, you have to have like three up, three down, which is only half as many. Played appearances. So for this game, it's great to get a Colorado reliever and have him, you know, pitch a lot with a 5.3 ERA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. Okay, I'm up. I'm yeah. going to take, and I am going to apologize if I mispronounce this name. Shao oh, Ching Zhang. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I actually I asked my my wife to pronounce it for me in anticipation of of me having to pronounce it because he's. Did he's I Taiwanese do okay? And, 
Well, so she did, she pronounced it for me and then, and then she looked at me and then she, and then she told me how I should pronounce it. Cause she knew that I would not sound like I would sound bad. Like you were, effe- you were affected, you were right, uh, exactly. affecting so, so, an affectation. That's not so, right. so she said, Xiao Ching Chiang. Okay. Is, is what she told me. Well, I will, I will learn it in case I actually have to say it out loud. So this, this is a pitcher who was previously with Cleveland is now with the Tigers. I, uh, I don't know. He <laughs> he seems like because he's with the Tigers that he might throw some innings. Mm-hmm. Was primarily in AAA for Cleveland last year. You know, like this is this guy's not anything to write home about. He he ran like an ERA and a FIP in the fives, but uh, but the important thing is that he now works for the Detroit Tigers and they yep. are projected to be quite bad. So that's what yeah. I have to say about that. Uh, I think that the guys had a like a forty future value on him. Last year, maybe, maybe the year before when he was with Cleveland. So, you know, there you go. 60 Mm -hmm. fastball, 45 slider. It sounds like a Detroit reliever to me. Yeah. Time tested Mm. strategy. Get guys on the bad teams. So, Mm -hmm. and and, and so you both know, I am currently tracking our draft here. Excellent. Yeah. We're also recording. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're recording. That's true. But this way you won't have to go back. Uh, All right. Well, this, uh, you, you hitting. Two of my top picks this early now makes me. I, now I'm I'm I feel like I now need to maybe adjust to prevent you from getting my other top picks. <sighs> all right, so uh, all right. Well, I think uh, I think one of the okay. So I think one of these will make it back to me if I do that. So okay, all right. Well, I'm gonna do the opposite of the Kyle Finnegan strategy. Then I am not going to go with the player I think is actually good but will only get me 200. Plate appearance is credited to me if things go well. I'm going to go to the player who I think is probably very bad but could get me 1,100 if things go right. I'm going with Matt Harvey. <sighs> I, I had an intense 10-minute-long internal debate about Matt Harvey. <laughs> we talked about Matt Harvey on the last episode. I then sort of knew that Harvey had gone to the minors and was was also not good there but i did not realize he is in he is he was the property of the oakland a's at the end of the year and uh, pitched pretty well in triple a so i don't know (laughs) yeah i mean we've heard of him someone will uh give him a shot he he made he made like eight million dollars a year ago right that's a pretty good that's a pretty good thing to have in your and he threw, you know, he he faced 755 batters one year, which is, uh, that's a draft maker. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. All right. I'm a little nervous about this pick because I'm not sure of this player's current whereabouts, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Alexander Guillen. Okay. Ah, no! <laughs> Dang All right. it! Happy I made this pick. Maddie. Sorry, Meg. <laughs> Sorry, so, that was loud. That was a loud yell. So Alexander Ginn is uh he's good as far as I can tell. He's yeah. got good stuff. He's got good stats. Now, one problem is that he was in double A last year, so he he does have a little climbing to do. However, he is twenty-four. He is a relief pitcher and he was on the Rockies. I was not able to determine whether the Rockies have brought him back or whether he has signed elsewhere, which makes me a little nervous because uh, 
one would think the Rockies would want to retain his services, but he did become a minor league free agent, and in AA this past year, he was excellent. He pitched 76 and two-thirds innings with a 1.53 ERA. He struck out about 11 per nine, good control. Then he went to the Arizona Fall League. Maybe you saw him there, Mick? Yeah, I don't know. He had, he had a good Fall League. He was excellent in the Fall League, and yeah. so... I'm not sure where he is now. I'm hoping he didn't hurt himself or something or go to Japan or, or who knows. There's always like one pick every year where we find out after the draft that the guy has already gone to Korea or something. But he has good stuff. He throws hard uh, according to his Fangraphs scouting values. And he has a 40 future value too with a above average fastball. I think he throws in the high 90s and, and like a 70 slider, which sounds yeah. good. So uh not sure where he is or where he will be, but I have faith that wherever that is, he will be pretty good. Drat. Yeah. Uh, well, bad news. Uh, oh, over no. the weekend, he was arrested for trying to smuggle a sandwich <laughs> into the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Very odd. It is very odd that there's nothing here, right? That there's yeah, nothing about currently yeah, him anywhere. That, that does seem very, very odd. Hard to yes. explain. Yes. Uh, like not even a not even a stray tweet. No, couldn't find a thing. He's a mystery man, which hmm. I would think, based on his performance and his stuff, that he would be in demand. So I'm not sure what that <laughs> means, and I'm I'm nervous, but uh, I had to take the risk. Okay. Oh, it's me again. Yeah. Hello, it is me again. I'm going to take. Who am I gonna take now? I gotta. Now I'm nervous. Now okay. I'm nervous about some of the folks I thought might survive can't count on anyone dropping to you you never know what's gonna happen gosh dang it <laughs> i don't know how i feel about this this is so early for me to be this stressed <laughs> um okay i might end up regretting this pick later okay. she said knowing she likely would i don't know where i don't know no <laughs> I'm so sorry, Dylan. There are going to be a lot more like this. We're so not, you should, no, we're not you should leave it in. Sing, nope, not a single. Every um, every Just pause. Just so that people know how in. much consternation I'm feeling. It's an agonizing process. I'm going to take... <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm going to take Jimmy Yakabonis. Okay. Hmm. I already have regrets. So he was on the Orioles. He was a pitcher on the Orioles. Can I change my mind? <laughs> Tell me about Jimmy Akabonis. Well, uh, the, the current state of Jimmy Akabonis. He works for the Padres now. Uh -huh. He, I don't think, is on their forty man. Okay. You know, like they got this, uh, they got this new, this new look bullpen. You see, and he, I don't think, is part of it, at least as it's currently constituted. But he, he seems like he might throw some innings for them. He threw uh -huh. major league innings last year. He did. He threw. And 40. He, I think he was, he was like the third or fourth best reliever on the Orioles, right? He had a six point eighty RA. Yeah. So, like, yes, but also, what does that? Um, what does that tell you? That was, tell you? I, yeah. No, he was not the third or fourth best. He struck out thirty three and walked twenty four <laughs> in forty one innings. And, that seems and pretty. So on. That very, seems pretty bad. Classic, classic Yakabonis line. Yakabonis. <laughs> Maybe I just like saying it. I got some names too. So yeah, we're we're definitely gonna draft some names here. He's not even on their forty man at the moment. I don't think any. You're not gonna find another player who's on the forty man. I think I'd, we, we got it. The forty man. I I did it. I did it. You guys. Okay. Seven. 
Let me uh, let me cross them off my list. Okay. <laughs> That's very rude. <laughs> I want you to know that that was yeah, quite I, rude. Can I, I tell you guys? Do any any editing of my list after that? Shut I would, up. I would like to tell you though that I uh, had never heard of Alexander Guillen. So I hadn't before today. Uh-huh. Uh, it just makes me wonder about my list because yeah, you should. Yeah, <laughs> definitely feeling the Guillen shame. <laughs> All right, Jimmy Akabonis. Okay, I will take Socrates Brito. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was on my list. A little bit of major league playing time last year, so he's uh, he's in the he's in the atmosphere. Uh, pretty good season in AAA. Has had it has had I I wouldn't say extensive major league playing time, but has appeared in the majors four years in a row. Is only twenty seven years old. Plays center field, and the GM who just signed him uh, was the GM who had him last year. And I I always like to look for little signs of intention. I often try to draft the first minor league free agent signed because I feel like that means that the GM really wanted that free agent and has a plan for that free agent and i couldn't figure out who it was this year but socrates brito was someone who the gm knew him and wanted him and left his job and said i'm not going anywhere unless i can bring brito with me (laughs) so i'm taking him okay yep he's on my list somewhere all right i think i will take oh boy i think i'll take brady lale uh, I don't know if I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly, but I don't even know if you're reading the right letters. <laughs> Who is this? L A I L. He was uh, on the Yankees very briefly in the majors last year. He was good in the minors. He was uh, quite good. I think he may have missed some time. I don't know, but uh, he struck out a lot of guys. He didn't walk a lot of guys. He was in AAA, some Double A. And the White Sox signed him, so uh, I like that. White Sox bullpen. And seems to me like the Yankees the Yankees had a pretty good crop of minor league free agents because the Yankees are good and they just seem to have an endless number of uh, pretty good relievers in AA and AAA who just have not been able to crack their great bullpen. And so I'm hoping that he gets more of an opportunity in Chicago and can show off what made him pretty good in the minors. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that that pick. Now that I'm looking at it, in uh, double and triple A, 64 strikeouts, 15 walks, 46 innings, yeah, uh, and good. Uh, one good ERA and one disastrous ERA in those two stints, mm-hmm. and only 26. And yep. yeah, I believe that he exists. <laughs> did you notice that the Astros only have two players on this list? Yeah, they did. What yeah. do you know? What What does that mean? Why do you suppose that is? What what does it tell you about an organization that they only have two minor league free agents, whereas many of their peers have 15 or 20? I'm not sure. Me neither. I would suspect that they're an organization that can be both aggressive with their promotions with the intent of trading and is generally young. And those two things in conjunction with one another probably lead them to have fewer guys who might be on this list mm-hmm. just generally, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feel stronger about that than I do about my Jimmy Aka bonus. <laughs> just, pretend, just pretend it was your 10th round pick and now you're going to take your... And then your, third, your real third pound pick, you're going to take in the 10th round. It's going to look like a steal. But... Okay. 
You have a lot of faith in me, and I appreciate that, even if I find it misplaced. We genuinely have no idea what we're doing here. And Jimmy Acabonis is a player that I've heard of millions of times more than Brady Lale. <laughs> that That's true. Oh, is it back to me again? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Can erase the, the stain of that Acabonis pick. I don't know mind. that I'm about to do that. I don't know that I am, but I feel like I'm going to make this pick. I'm going to take Eric Kratz. Mm, right. Yeah, he's on my list. Eric Kratz, who I, I believe has agreed to return to the Yankees yeah, on a they, minor league deal. So He, he got was, a write-up when he did. It was in the New York Post. Yeah, huh. so he was with New York uh, last year. He will remain with New York this year. You know, Eric Kratz has like bounced around to a million different places and will probably outlive us all. Yep. I don't know if New York is going to make additional signings at catcher but their depth behind gary sanchez is pretty thin and he seems like uh the kind of veteran catcher guy who always manages to accrue a couple of plate appearances a year and uh he spells eric with a k and i don't know why that is i don't like eric's with k's as much oh just i don't know something about it looks wrong to me it's not my aesthetic preference but he's eric with a k and then kratz with a k so he's uh he's on my roster now yeah he's a 10-year man he's been in the majors for a long time he has not he has not not been in the majors since uh 2009 right he's been there every year year in and year out and he's it's going to turn 40 in yeah. June, so I don't know how long this can keep going, but it uh, seems like probably a, a low ceiling pick, yeah. but a high floor. Like you're, yeah. you're probably not going to get shut out with That's Eric That's exactly Kratz. right. You, everyone yep. needs to take one, one third catcher yep. for, the, for the guaranteed 18 plate appearances. Yep. <laughs> right. he, got, he had 53 in the majors last year. I thought about Kratz, he's on my list, and I, uh, while doing a little research, there were a bunch of pieces written about how, like, okay, now the Yankees catching situation is settled. They've got Kratz, that and there was a wrong. There was a me. there was a finality about it that made me think he is definitely going to be there in in July at some point. And and Gary Sanchez doesn't play at all all year. Yeah, you know, he, yep. he gets hurt. So yep. strong pick, probably would have gotten there eventually as well. I am now going to have to find my third string catcher somewhere in here, and I will. But for now, I'm going to take Caleb Thielbar. Oh, I was going to take him. Thiel. Thiel? (laughs) I uh, want to say teal, but it's Thielbar. Caleb Thielbar is a minor league reliever. He's pretty old, but he did the whole indie ball thing. He went away for two years and pitched in the American Association with the St. Paul Saints for two years. And then he came back to the affiliated ball in the last two years, and he's been really good since then. So in 2018, between double and triple A, he had a 2.05 ERA, and he had 51 strikeouts to five walks, which is a nice little ratio. And then last year, he had a 3.22 ERA, and he had 94 strikeouts to 16 walks, which is also a nice little ratio, and it's 11 strikeouts per nine, which is pretty solid. He is left-handed, and I don't know what to make of left-handed relievers right now. I know that that the conventional wisdom is that the new rule, the three-batter rule, is going to be very bad for lefties. I'm on the fence about that. I think it might actually be kind of good for lefties. I think that lefties might be around just as much, only now they're going to have to face more batters, that rather than seeing lefties be gone, we're going to see lefties even more. And so I uh, am. there's a little part of me that's 
going to maybe collect a lot of lefty relievers here, particularly ones who seem to be able to go more than more than one batter. And Teal Bar over the last two years has been kind of a uh, a one and a half inning reliever in the minors, which it's a different place, but a one and a half inning reliever rather than a specialist. So Caleb Tealbar, he's my guy. Yeah, I almost took him with my previous pick. What gave me pause is that he's been with the Tigers the last couple of years, at least yeah. part of the years, and he was not able to make the major league roster, yeah. which uh, if you can't make the, the 2019 Tigers, who can you make? Yeah. So that was he's, what worried me. That's a great point. He's very old as well. He's yeah. not 20. He's not 27. And there's a, I think there's a, obviously the decisions that teams make are decisions to help themselves win games, the, the games that they're playing. But each, each move you make is a little bit of an investment in the future. You're not just thinking about today. To some degree, you're planning out what you're, even if it's just subconscious, you're planning out what am I going to get out of this over the life of this decision. And when you um, are deciding whether to put a 33 year old reliever on the roster, uh, you might, you very well might take any number of 27, 28, and 29 year old relievers who are not as good right now, just knowing that uh, there's a little bit of a longer tail there. So, <laughs> I don't know if he has signed yet either. I didn't look at that. Yeah, he's with the Twins. Okay. Yeah. Cheetle Bar. He's from Minnesota. He's from Minnesota. So he's going, he's, he's going back <laughs> home. And he also pitched in St. Paul, which I don't know if that counts as being hometown or if they're blood rivals. Do they hate each other or, or <laughs> are, is that considered allies twin cities right yeah i guess some twins probably are enemies but mostly not but okay. they probably unite to fight others right it's like you the only mm-hmm. it's like when i beat up a kid at uh, in elementary school because he was mean to my sister and i was like the only person who gets to be a jerk to her is me mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like that mm-hmm. we, we're very good friends now so it's okay good <laughs> all right i'm gonna take max moroff who has been in the big leagues in each of the past four seasons. He is 26 years old. He was signed by the Mets and got a a spring training invite. And he can play a a bunch of positions. He's not super exciting, but he can play short, second, third. He's kind of your uh, generic utility guy. So uh, heard of him, multi-position player, has a home. Going to hope that he runs the streak to, to five seasons in a row. Uh, I was getting my charger. Who'd you pick? Max Moroff. Ah! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it makes me feel so much better when someone reacts. He that was on. <laughs> he was on my list too. I had. He was number two on my current list on my list of people who are still around. Oh All right. boy. Yeah, Max Moroff. That was a good pick. It was I, a good I, pick. I thought he looked like. I, I thought he definitely looked like a player who's on the cusp of 350 plate appearances. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't that good though. And uh, I don't know. He played. <laughs> <laughs> he played in AAA only like 34 games, but he had a 736 OPS there. And I don't know. He still got his, his usual big league time, but I don't know. He wasn't really uh, – his minor league stats have not made a very convincing case that he deserves a ton of playing time. But he's young enough and versatile enough that he might just get some. Well, I like him, and I'd like to see more off him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, it's my turn. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Aaron Northcraft. Uh-huh. Okay. On my list somewhere. Aaron Northcraft was after a three-year layoff from Affiliated Ball was with the Mariners last year, and is now 
Uh, importantly for the for why this pick is happening with the Miami Marlins, mm-hmm. uh, who are pretty bad at baseball. He's a right-handed pitcher. He acquitted himself well in AAA for the Mariners last year, albeit only over 33 and two-thirds innings. He, he pitched to a 187 ERA and a FIP in the threes. And importantly, as I have said, is now employed by the Miami Marlins, and they're pretty bad at baseball. And he seems like he's reasonable at baseball, so if he can uh, up his up his innings, stay effective, could could be in that bullpen with some some room to spare. So mm-hmm. that's my guy. All right, Northcraft. 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 I'm going to admit to the following, which is that while I'm no longer really much of a Mariners fan, I probably know their team uh, better than most, just because they're you know they're like in the air here, not literally, but in a figurative way. And I didn't know that Aaron Northcraft worked for the Seattle Mariners last year, but I'm going to set that aside and pick him because now he works for the Miami Marlins. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. I I have always over the course of the last few years, I have felt like the Mariners show up in this draft more than most teams that we draft more of their their signees than mm-hmm. other teams and yeah. maybe also that we draft more of their people that that they got away they use more players than anyone else so yeah. we're just playing the odds here yeah, yeah. there's good there's good churn mm-hmm. all right i'm going to take philip evans philip evans is a middle infielder who was signed by Pittsburgh. He's now with Pittsburgh. Yeah, the, by the Pittsburgh. I I was just uh, making sure that I didn't. I don't have an excuse for why I didn't know his team. Actually, I don't have. <laughs> I was I was stalling then, and then I was just stalling again. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's good news. He went to the Pirates. It's a mess because these AAA stats from last year, which I'm sure that you both figured out, and I also knew this, but I never really got my head around it. They're all pretty bonkers. Everybody had great stats in AAA last year because of the ball so like there are teams that had OPSs of like 940 and yeah. so I'm I'm looking at players and thinking oh wow 283 371 470 he can really hit and then you you look and you're like oh, I don't that's not that great for where for yeah. where he was playing but Philip Evans has been a quality minor leaguer for his whole minor league career and I don't know I'm picking him Yep. All right. I'm going to get my designated Marlin. So I'm going to pick Gosuke Kato. No! <laughs> who, of course, lent his last name to the dearly departed Kato system of Fangraphs that was created by Chris Mitchell right? to project minor league players. And I miss Why? What's Kato. the backstory there? I think it was because uh, I asked Chris about this because I was going to pick him. And he said that. Uh, so Cato was a second round pick, I think, in 2013, and his 2014 season was strange. Like he was young for his level. He had a lot of walks, he had a lot of strikeouts, but very little power. And he was the player who made Chris realize that he had no idea how to weigh each of those things hmm. and to say, he's going to be good because he does this, or he's not going to be good because he does that or doesn't do that. So that was what prompted him to create a projection system for minor league players and a, a translated stat system, which was integral to my preparation for many a minor league free agent draft. So in his honor, I'm going to take him. And he also is coming off his best season yet. He hit well in AAA, although, as we were just saying, who didn't? And I think he also had a a bit of a BABIP spike there. But he is on the Marlins, and that worked out for me last year. I took uh, John Birdie, and he was a good pick for me with the Marlins, and I took him almost solely because he was on the Marlins. 
and he has a lot of positional flexibility. So this year in AAA with the Yankees, he played first, he played second, third, left field, shortstop. So there are a lot of places to slot Cato in and generally a lot of openings on the Marlins, although they've been a bit busier and more active this offseason than than they were last year. But going to hope that that Marlins strategy pays off again. I was surprised uh, because I was looking at the I, – I, I do each of you – tend to start with the list and then just start picking players and looking up the players to see what they're doing? Or do you start by looking for players and then seeing if they're on the list? I start with the list and I scan the list to see if I recognize anyone, if anyone jumps out and I think, oh, that guy, that guy's too good to be on here. So I'll draft him. But then I move on to other sources. Okay. And Meg Meg did a query. So she answered that, right? I did a bunch of queries. I did several. I tend to start, at this point, I tend to start by looking for players who seem good, who seem to be good last year, and who fit the sort of basic characteristics of a player who would be on this list, and then I go look and see if they're on the list. So like I I look at the AAA leaderboards, and I look at the winter leagues, and things like that. And two things that I noticed about that, one is that a lot of the players that the Pirates signed including Philip Evans. I'm still talking about Philip Evans, uh, <laughs> including Philip Evans. But a lot of the players the Pirates signed to minor league deals were players that I wanted to take, but they weren't. They didn't turn out to be minor league free agents. Like They didn't fit that narrow definition of what a minor league free agent is, but they were players that nobody's ever heard of who, who knows where they were, who spent last year in the minor leagues and who signed minor league deals with the Pirates. There were a bunch of them, and I thought that th- there, that emerged to me that like it seemed like they were picking a lot of players who I had never heard of, but had who I fell in love with yesterday afternoon. <laughs> the other thing is that one of the places I go look is the Marlins depth chart. <laughs> and I also wanted to see which teams had the, the greatest holes in their lineup so that I could then look at the minor league free agents that they signed. And I was stunned to see that the Marlins have a credible, I don't know, not a good team. They're not a good team. And they don't have a good lineup, but they have put effort into pretty much every position at this point yeah. that that snuck up on me yeah yeah they added vr right from the orioles and, and yeah. some other guys <laughs> so yeah they have made more of an effort mm-hmm. well and they're they're interesting and weird because they uh like that system is interesting even though they got so little for their big moves mm-hmm. so you would think that like oh this is this is grim but then you look at it and you're like this is maybe parts of it are but it's also kind of interesting I'm fine for us to just keep talking for a little while because I've reached paralysis <laughs> on my next pick and don't know what to do. Don't know what to do. We're at the point where, for me at least, they start to get uh, pretty indistinguishable from each other. I start, yeah, I have a list of names ordered and I start for no reason at all picking Deviating the, from the, like order. the 11th yeah. name on that list instead yeah. of the first name. And then and then six rounds later, someone else will take the first name and I'll scream like, oh, I was going to take him. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember the, the draft like a couple of years ago? Where yes. You, 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 oh. you read the first pick in the draft yeah. and you didn't use it. Yeah. This guy and then I took him and or someone took him. And, and I screamed, screamed I was going to take him with the first pick. <laughs> yeah. But I had actually had the first pick. That's right. But, <laughs> right. But, but yeah, so I'm stressed about this. <laughs> I don't know what to do. All of these players are bad. Uh. <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> You've got five more rounds. I know it's such a long time. 
to be this stressed. <laughs> you guys, what am I gonna do? Oh no. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to make some panicked picks, you guys. It's really going to be a problem. Well, crap. You're just sitting here like, Meg, pick anyone. Just <laughs> pick any old guy. Just pick a guy. I can't read my writing on this other sheet that I was doing. Do you have a handwritten sheet, too? No, I, well, yeah, I, I did some, I was doing some work, you guys. I was sitting here, I was like, oh, I'm going to think about stuff and do some work and, I did that, and now I don't know what this says. So it's just really kind of a work. Kind of, it's kind of a disaster. I'm going to select with my next pick. <laughs> <laughs> you can put a clock on this and be like, "Hey, Meg, you gotta, you gotta make a freaking selection already." You could do that, and it would be fine. <laughs> it's always nice when you go and you look up some of these guys, and you're like, maybe this is my dude, and like the most recent article on Fangraphs they've been tagged on was written by like Kylie in his first <laughs> go-around with the yeah, site. And yeah. you're like, I bet he's somebody. I bet that's my dude right there. That's the yeah. guy I should take. I'm going to select with my next pick, even though it is quite he is quite poor at baseball, and the Mets are not a terrible baseball team. I'm going to take Pedro Payano. I don't know if I'm saying his last name correctly. What is that? What is the name? Payano, P-A-Y-A-N-O. Okay, I'm looking him up too. He was with the Rangers. Now he is with the Mets. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'd like to say no more about that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have nothing to add about <laughs> about him. In 2015, as a 20-year-old, he went 10 and two with a 1.11 ERA. Yeah, he sure did do that. Across three levels. Yep. So that was something. 101 strikeouts in 89 innings. And yep. then uh, and then he's been a full-time starter ever since, which is nice because there's the possibility that you'll get a starter who starts, you know, a, a yeah. couple of years ago, I got Wade LeBlanc. You never get a starter. And every five days, I would just hold my breath and then he'd get another start and just like <laughs> be like, like this cash would just pour down on me for, yeah. for two yeah. hours. That was yeah. a weird season. And so he's a start, but then also there's the possibility that uh, he'll um, transition into a relief for need and turn out to be awesome, dominate. Yeah, these are. This is again greater generosity than you're necessarily due to give me. But here we are. He's thin. He's very. He's thin. He's a thin man. All right. Did you guys know that Rex Brothers is still kicking around? Yeah, I looked him up. I looked him up to see. All right, my pick. I'm picking Danny Coulomb. Oh, boy. Yeah, I liked him. So uh, lefty reliever. Yankee cast-off. Yankee cast-off this year. That's right. Yeah, that was my strategy, sort of. I, I, in a way, maybe it turned out I lucked out because he, uh, he, he ended up he – was, was he a brewer or a Yankee first this year? I don't remember. Okay. Well, if you saw him on the Yankees list, then he must have been a brewer. So he was very good for the brewers in the minors, and um, but he did not he did not end up getting up to the majors, which left him still in the minor league free agent list. He um, he had major league appearances in each of the previous five years, so he's got big league experience. And this year, last year, as a reliever, he threw thirty six innings and struck out fifteen batters per nine. So that's pretty rare for a list like this. He's still uh, he's just turned thirty. And he's lefty. And so that, again, goes to, well, will that be a good thing or a bad thing? But I'm taking him this year. I'm excited about this one. Yep. Yep. I think that's a good one. I, I regret not making it myself. 
Okay, I'm going to take Jamie Schultz. Jamie Schultz was on the Dodgers this year. He was in the majors briefly. He was also in the majors briefly the year before that with the Rays, and he has now been signed by the A's and invited to spring training. It's hard for me to tell as I do this research because some guys get a minor league contract and don't get a spring training invitation. Some do. Not always sure whether it's just that it's not always reported that Mm -hmm. some guys got a spring training invitation or whether certain organizations maybe extend more invitations and, and publicize that. So not really sure if it means anything that you've got a spring training invitation if you've already gotten a minor league contract. But he got one. He's with the A's. They have uh, found ways to work in a lot of pitchers in their staffs the last couple of years. And I don't know whether it's uh, a positive or a negative that he's been with the Rays and the Dodgers. Like you might say, well, he's been with these uh, good organizations and they saw something in him. And maybe he just couldn't crack their rosters because they've been good and they have a lot of talent. Or maybe you think, well, on the other hand, they didn't keep him around and they let him go now. So maybe that's a a bad thing. I'm not sure. But he spent uh, most of his season in in AAA as a reliever. And he struck out some guys, but he walked too many. So I don't know. I I don't like him as much as I like uh, Daniel Coulomb. But I can't draft Daniel Coulomb. Uh huh. Yeah, I always wonder about that spring training invite too. And without having done the research necessary to answer the question, I just mentally filed it away as if you're a major leaguer, then you get the invite. Like if you are, mm-hmm. if you have major league experience, you get the invite. I have no idea if that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the simple pattern that my simple brain put together based <laughs> on incomplete information. Okay. I generally don't. Uh, I don't make too much of it, though. Generally speaking. Here we are again. Oh, it's Meg. <laughs> oh, no. <sighs> I do really like that. I have that. Uh, that I can kind of like count on that Patrick Wisdom pick. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I feel good, good about that one. I'm like mm-hmm. sitting here going, "Hey, you know, that's probably likely to work out." I am going to select a guy who's now on the now on the Philadelphia Phillies who has prior big league experience but spent spent 2019 in the Diamondback system which is Matt how do we say S Z C Z U R Oh uh, yeah Caesar, Caesar. Yeah. Yeah, ha- yeah yeah so he on my list he made my list he had a I don't know he had a 129 wrc plus a triple a which again what does that mean we don't we don't especially know mm-hmm. we don't especially know but he's seen you know he has uh, that's what I did that's what I just yeah. said. I uh, he was high on my list. He, I had uh, I had narrowed my list down to now seven people with X's on them for my final four picks, and he was one of the ones with the X. Well, that makes me feel better. Yeah, I, it's possible that I looked too early, and so I'm remembering the good minor league numbers before I fully adjusted. But yeah, he was really good in the minors last year. It wasn't a ton of it wasn't a ton of played appearances, but you know. Felt... He was, yeah. I mean, he was a good ball player when he was in the majors. Yeah, he, he was. was he was at least a, a useful bench piece. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, thanks. All right, Matt Caesar, good pick. Matt Caesar. All right, I'm gonna take Ryan Cordell. So the other day, I was writing an article, and I, uh, I, it caused me to write Ryan Cordell's name, and that's the end of that story. That's why I'm picking him because <laughs> okay. I. Saw his name and I went, oh, the guy I just wrote. 
I wrote his name. <laughs> he played 245 played appearances in Chicago last year, and you know they, they weren't they weren't good. And Chicago, this is the White Sox, is is not even going to be around to let him be bad for them this year. But there are other teams that might allow him to be bad, and uh, he's uh, you know he's got a. He's got a long career as a reasonable minor leaguer and uh, got to play a lot last year, and I saw his name. He was on my list. Okay. All right. I'm going to take Cole Stewart. Yeah. So Cole Stewart, you may know his name. He's a fourth overall pick in 2013 with the Twins, and he has been with the Twins ever since. He made the majors with them in each of the past two years. But uh, was was not good and was really not good this year in his brief work. He uh, he threw 25 and a third innings for the Twins. He struck out 10 and walked 8. That is not what you want to see. And it was not what the Twins wanted to see anymore because now he is a minor league free agent. And as far as I know, he has not signed anywhere yet. So I am just uh, banking on some team bringing him in because he is Cole Stewart and he has a name and he used to be a top prospect and maybe he will put things together or maybe he will at least get a chance to be bad for a while because he's Cole Stewart. Yeah, Baseball America puts out this list and it, it used to have one paragraph of text on the top of it and the paragraph of text always followed the same format. It would list like the three or four most famous people that you you would have heard of from like their prospect days and then says like they're among the 518 players who are minor league Mm -hmm. free agents according to the list that major league baseball released last week or something like that and cole stewart would have been on that list and uh, they didn't they no longer do that extra paragraph and so when i saw cole stewart's name it's sort of like uh, it's it surprised me a little it was like a little electric shock i would have Mm -hmm. taken him by by the end of this draft okay you ever you ever look up a guy and you're like, hey, what happened to that guy? And then you realize, hey, I'm sure glad I didn't say his name out loud because you know what he did? He mm. got Tommy John. Mm. That's a thing that happened. Who was it? I didn't feel good about it anyhow because I think we still don't have just like we still aren't maybe completely sure of the the resolution of the makeup stuff. But I didn't realize that Matt Bush went down with TJ. Matt mm. Bush just signed like two days ago. Yeah, he got a two-year deal with Texas. Now that two-year deal making more sense because ah. they want to do his rehab there. So that that makes a lot more sense to me now than it than it would have. I wasn't gonna feel great about it, but I was I was willing to to do a thing. I am very surprised that Texas would see in Matt Bush enough value in 2021 to to even want to do the rehab for him. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's going to be 35. He was terrible in 2018. Yeah, it was he, quite bad. So what, why why even do the two-year deal? Why yeah, even I don't do get it. it. It's got to be expensive, it? right? It's got to be a pain, if nothing else. I don't and know. you never know if Matt Bush is going to go do something that really embarrasses your franchise. Yeah. You do wonder about that. That's the thing you wonder about. So I'm going to make a pick that I actually feel fine about, even though he is not currently signed because of some some rumor scuttlebutt that was on the internet a couple weeks ago, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, one Greg Holland. Yeah, on the hmm. list. Taking Greg Holland, who apparently, according to uh, some folks at MLB.com, the Royals are considering a re- reunion with. And here's the thing about Greg Holland: he, you know, we know the ways in which Greg Holland has not been good recently. He has been recently pretty poor, and. The like the the season he had with Arizona, not so great, not very many innings, and also not so great. But he is a he is a name a name that I think is still um, a, 
a beloved one in Kansas City, and that b- ball club projects to be pretty bad. And I'm just, I'm just going on a hope and a prayer, much, much like Greg Holland, really. <laughs> I, I, Greg Holland has moved almost into the Fernando Rodney zone, where he puts together stretches of of, of actually quite goodness. So, like in 2018. Yeah. He was uh, traded to the, uh, or maybe he was waived. He was probably was waived, released, because he had a 7.92 ERA in St. Louis. And then he goes to Washington, and he has an ERA of 0.84. And then last year with Arizona, you're right, that the numbers weren't great, and he ended up getting released there as well. But yep. he had an ERA under two as late as June 12th. If the All-Star game were done at the actual midpoint of the season, he would have been an All-Star. He had yeah. a 2.16 ERA. He was the closer on a on a team. He would have been an all-star in 2019, but since they do the all-star game two weeks after that, uh, by that point, he was nearly on his way out of the <laughs> <laughs> Yep. But, and then he went, what, then he pitched really poorly in the minors, I think, if I'm remembering this right. He but did not pitch, uh, he pitched, I mean, he pitched fine in the minors in 2019. He pitched nine innings. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. He pitched very fine. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He, pitched he was quite fine, well. in, the, he was fine uh, in the minors, so. Good pick, safe pick. That's uh, that's like a floor of 80 plate appearances. It's been like really up and down, my draft. <laughs> uh, all right. My eighth pick, I'm going to take Jose Marmolejos. Mm-hmm. He is a 26-year-old, about to be 27-year-old, uh, first baseman who was signed by Seattle. He did not get a major league deal from them, sadly, unlike Patrick Wisdom, and also unlike Dylan Moore, who was my big hit last year, a major league contract that the Mariners signed him to. And I think also Jeff got a score with the Mariners signed to a major league deal last year. But this year, Marmolejos is just a minor league deal, and he was in AAA last year where he hit 315, 366, 545. And this is kind of, again, just banking on the fact that, you know, that with the Mariners, uh, it's always possible that the depth chart uh, above him will loosen up. And if, uh, say, uh, I don't know, if they make a trade or two, he could be a first baseman for them. So Jose Marmolejos. Okay. No major league experience. Yeah. I'm going to take, gosh, Eric Stamets. So okay, he was on my list. He has uh, never been on the Mets, as it happens, but he is now, I think, on the Rockies. He was signed that, that to a minor league deal by the Rockies. He was in Cleveland in the majors last year, just briefly, 15 games at the major league level. He was uh, originally an Angels draftee and had been in their system. Well, actually, he'd been in Cleveland's system most of his career. He finally broke through. Didn't really have great AAA numbers this past year, especially given the offensive bar there now, so that's not encouraging, but he's uh, only 28. He just turned 28, I guess, and now he's on the Rockies. I don't know if he made their depth chart. Probably not, but uh, yeah, Eric Stamets. All right. Goes fast. Yeah, man, (laughs) it sure does. I'm going to go off the beaten path a bit, mostly because I really like this name. This is another catcher. This Uh-oh. is a uh, catcher who. Uh-oh. Oh no! I'm, I'm nervous. I'm Why? nervous. I'm looking up. I'm looking up my next pick to check a thing too. And he's also a catcher. Oh, All yeah. right. I'm yeah. waiting. Yeah. So this guy, I don't know if he has a. I don't think that he has a home currently. Okay. What's the fourth letter of his first name? N. Okay. Good. All right. Good. 
<laughs> so he, this is the best name we will take all day. There's not a better name that is going to go in our draft than this name that I'm about to say. And that is Sicknarf Loopstack. Oh, sure. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Francis Backward. Yeah. He is a catcher. He was recently in the, the Cleveland system. He was like 35 future valued for us last year. Uh, the bat is a little light, as is the case for many catchers, but the receiving is elite. And I don't know. I could see him being a guy who like catches on somewhere and then, you know, bing, bang, boom, all your catchers are uh, broken or decide to become cobblers or like elementary school teachers. And suddenly he's sitting there getting some getting some playing time. Even though he did not advance very far, he, he topped out at, at maybe high last year, but has gone so far as double A. Anyway, that's my guy. Do you think a good name is a is an asset in real life? Do you think that you're more likely to be noticed by teams, or I guess your name is more likely to stick in their head? And isn't that isn't that that seems like that's got to be worth something, right? I can't decide if I think that it really is. I'm going to say something and it sounds like I'm being mean to you. And I swear, I promise on the the Christmas gifts that just arrived from my grandmother that I am not. Okay. It sounds like the kind of thing that either really does matter or is something that like Malcolm Gladwell would spend a thousand words <laughs> on the book. Oh, and, and, then you're, and you're like, Malcolm, that's just pretend. Just making stuff up now, Malcolm. So I, I said that, but I also took some real bad picks in this draft. So I don't know if you should trust me at all. There is a Malcolm Gladwell essay about that. <laughs> is so. there really? Yeah. Stop it. There Pretty is sure. n- there is not. <laughs> That's <so>. delightful. <laughs> I am wounded. <laughs> I like you so much, Sam. All right. I'm going to draft a catcher who the fourth letter of his last name is N. Uh, his name is Tyler Heineman. Oh, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps Heineman. Wait, his no brother is Scott Heineman. And because his brother is in the majors, he gets a pronunciation guide on baseball reference. So I know for a fact he is Heineman. But Tyler Heineman or Heineman, uh, no pronunciation guide, was a AAA catcher last year. And he and his brother, the reason that I drafted him or that I remembered him is he and his brother were both really, really good in AAA last year in the, in the PCL. They both were all over the leaderboards in AAA. And his brother is not eligible for this draft. He uh, made a, a, a brief appearance in Texas. But Tyler is. He made a briefer appearance in Miami where he hit 273, 273, 636. But in uh, the PCL, he hit 336, 400, 590. That's a 990 OPS as a catcher. Obviously, in a juiced ball era, in a bunch of juiced ball ballparks in a juiced ball league. But... All the same. The I feel like that's got to get you some plate appearances. Yeah. Sure. All right. Hmm. What am I going to do here? I think I will take Mickey Janice. And this is a, maybe this is a sentimental pick. I don't know. I'll be rooting for Mickey Janice. He is a, a knuckleballer who's been in the Mets system. And I talked to him this year and I, I wrote something about the future of the knuckleball and will technology help improve the knuckleball and will robot umps make knuckleballers better and are knuckleballers using technology and high-speed cameras and all of that to get better to refine the knuckleball because it's such a a hard pitch to learn and to teach and there's so few people who have thrown it who can instruct personally and when I talked to Janice 
he had just gone on this great little run at the end of the double A season for the Mets where he had used a high-speed camera to make this adjustment to his grip and he had improved his knuckleball and so he ended the season on this great run of five starts where he in those five starts, 36 and two-thirds innings, he struck out 44 and walked six and had a, a 1.23 ERA. And he was suddenly getting double-digit strikeout totals, which he had, like, never done in, you know, any game really or hadn't done for years. And suddenly he did it three times in the span of uh, five or six starts. And it was really impressive. And I don't know whether that was a real breakout and he can actually sustain that. But he had a pretty good year, and he's a knuckleballer. He's uh, he's only, I think, 32. He just turned 32 this month, which is young for a knuckleballer. And uh, I'm just banking on that late season grip change and breakout being something real. And uh, and just generally, he was he was pretty good. So I want to be rooting for a, a knuckleballer this year. Hmm. Okay. Good one. So he's five nine. Yeah. Do you think there's another pitcher? active in the majors who's who is listed at five nine or shorter maybe not since what daniel ray herrera or something maybe i'm gonna look it up you don't need to wait i mean wait who, wait who'd you say <laughs> mickey janice <laughs> mickey janice there you go good old mickey jan where is mickey janice on this sheet oh well marcus stroman is listed at oh, uh marcus right. stroman is li- listed at six seven uh five seven and so yeah, he is right he is 5'7", and uh, Tim Collins, I didn't know this, still active through uh, eight innings last year. What? And he's also 5'7". I think five, he's seven. a minor league free agent. <laughs> I think he was on the yeah. list. All right. Yeah. So then this is my final pick. This is the last pick I have. That's it. My final pick is Ryan Lavinway, Lavarnway, who I was with Cleveland and yeah. now is with Miami. Still active, huh? Still active. You know what? He he had a decent he had a decent little run in AAA uh, last year for the for Cleveland and for Cincinnati. And then you know it's only nineteen plate appearances, but uh, not a, a bad little showing as a backup for Cincy at the big league level. And uh, uh, he has signed a non roster invite with the Marlins and. Uh, lest we forget, the current Marlins catching situation is, you know, Jorge Alfaro probably, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess they just signed Francisco Cervelli, but he probably can't, isn't going to be doing much in the catching way given the, the medical stuff. So I don't know, but here we are. That's what we got. Yep. Uh, yeah, good one. Now I don't know if you mean it or if you're mad at me for comparing your comp to Malcolm Gladwell. Well, to be fair, apparently I was actually not just mirroring Malcolm Gladwell, but plagiarizing Malcolm Gladwell, which is the (laughs) one thing you can do that's more dunk-onable. I think he did that, right? I mean, he did the birth dates thing, but he I did thought the he, birth dates I, I think thing. he did something about it, names at some point. I don't it know. Feels, it feels of a piece. Wow. So, LaVarnway, yeah. He's uh, over the last three years, over the last three years as a major leaguer, he's hit 343, 395, 629. He's like the fourth best hitter in baseball. Right. <laughs> 38 like, plate appearances, yeah. but still. But still. still. So did you have this experience? I think this is the first year that, that this has been the case. But for major leaguers now, baseball reference pages have a projection line at the top. And I'm guessing, my my guess is that there's 
that it's I don't even know what the, I don't know what generates this projection, but I think there's a lot of if you're not a major leaguer, I think there's a lot of just they put a league average lineup there for you it's or something like a Marcel type exactly, thing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Basically a Marcel type line. And uh it might actually be the Marcel line. And so I kept on looking players up and being like, "Oh wow, like that's a he's projected to have like a 740 OPS as a as a shortstop. That's not bad for this game." And then you look <laughs> at his minor league numbers, and he's got like seven years in a row of a 570 OPS in the minors. So these projections were really messing with my head, and they were they were all I was getting anchored, you know, like I was seeing it, and then I would start thinking that they were legit for far too long. All right. I'm going to, so every year I fall in love with some minor leaguer, often in Cleveland system, who has big strikeout to walk rates, and then I'm convinced that they're a star, and then they they never appear in the majors. And so this year I'm just going to, there were a couple that I was attracted to, but this year I'm just going to repeat last year's. I'm going to stick with Ryan Merritt. I want another year of Ryan Merritt, even though... In AAA last year, as a Ray, he had an ERA of seven, and he yeah, everything kind of went bad. I am still looking at the year before when he struck out 52 and walked two. I'm still looking at that year and thinking that there's something there. And um, so I, I'm, I'm rolling the dice one more time with Ryan Merritt. This is the last year <laughs> that I'm drafting Ryan Merritt. Okay. All right. So final pick of the draft. Mm-hmm. I am going to take Roselle Herrera. Mm. who uh, has been in the big leagues the last couple of years and actually got pretty good playing time, surprisingly. He was with the Reds and the Royals in 2018, then he was with the Marlins this past year. Has not really done much to justify further playing time. but uh, <laughs> He was on my list. Yeah, he's, he's entering his age 27 season, just uh, turned 27 a little while ago. I think he is currently unemployed. I don't know that anyone has signed him yet, but... Uh, You know, he did all right when he was in the minors, and he has, I guess he probably has enough uh, defensive value or something that he hasn't had to hit all that much to deserve a spot on a major league roster. So hopefully he'll sneak on somewhere else this year. It's not a lot of, it's a very small sample. He was good defensively in 2018, quite Mm -hmm. poor defensively for the Marlins, but you know, it's one year. One mm-hmm. year of defensive metrics, and it's really just 119 plate appearances. So, very large grain of salt. Any other uh, any other names people want to just throw out that they never drafted, but but thought about? I didn't have that many players I was uh, attached to this year for whatever reason. I had Christian Cologne would have been my next pick. Probably I had Jarrett Parker. Yeah, Francis- I had him. Francisco yeah. Pena was going to be my my catcher. Michael Peoples. Trevor mm-hmm. Rosenthal, of course, is on the list. <laughs> yeah. And, and I I might have gotten him. Boog Powell, I always had a, a little bit of an affinity for Boog Powell. Tim Adelman, Jacob Brugman, who I thought, oh, well, he could sign as a J or a Cub. J Cub. <laughs> <laughs> it's, spelled J- about- it's spelled J A Y C O B. So it's kind of, kind of closer to making that joke not be completely <laughs> awful. Joe Joe Gunkel, I wanted to say. Gunkel. Steve Okert. <laughs> the the problem with Boog Powell is that he's had like multiple suspensions. So that was a good non pick. Well, what has he been suspended for? I don't know. Stuff. He like I think he maybe did PEDs. I should know because that's a thing to that's a bad thing to level at someone without being sure. No, he did, yeah. Suspend uh fifty games. 
while he was on the A's and yep. uh maybe it might have been twice i'm not sure yeah it looks like maybe he got a 50 in an 80 maybe yeah i, think I might be wrong right. about that but i think, I that think that's, that right. that's right yeah i had some of those guys on yeah. my list uh i had a dubray ramos mm-hmm. i had nate orf former orf. fringe fiver i believe I had Matt Reynolds, one of the two Matt Reynoldses. Uh, I had Nick Shufo, mm-hmm. Christian Lopes, Robinson Lair. Yeah. I came closest probably to taking Jordan Weems, who I believe was uh, in the Red Sox system, and he signed a minor league deal with the A's. But one of the reasons why I almost took Jordan Weems was because of this picture that former baseball prospectus writer Daniel Rathman tweeted earlier this month that I've not been able to forget, which is of Jordan Weems just <laughs> festooned with ducks, just covered in dead ducks on a, yeah. a hunting trip, which uh, oh, I, I don't know if this a is a sad looking dog. <laughs> yeah, like a dog that feels guilty about retrieving all these ducks. I, I don't know if this is a normal number of ducks to, to be covered by oh if, you're, if you're going duck hunting, which uh, I've never done, but he's just laden down with ducks and i think just... we can call this a massacre i think yeah, he... it's, it's ducks on the pond i don't it's uh it's a lot of ducks <laughs> so i don't know what that means about him as a baseball player but he is like single-handedly deducked whatever area he <laughs> he was in at the time <laughs> so <laughs> that stuck in my mind and i saw jordan weems and i thought oh he's the the duck killer <laughs> <laughs> all right yep wow going out on that weems <laughs> yep. Weems the duck killer. Weems yeah. the duck so, killer. Don't feel don't feel great about my team this year. Sometimes I feel great. Sometimes I don't. Don't know if it has any connection to how the team actually does. But always enjoy this exercise. And this year I, I kind of cast a wider net. As I said, I, I went and I looked up everyone who had signed a minor league contract to this point and then cross-referenced with the Baseball America list to make sure that they were eligible, just thinking that, well, probably the more appealing minor league free agents will sign earlier in the offseason. So if they haven't signed by now. Maybe that's a bad sign. And uh, once I got past the few major league contract guys and just a few people I'd heard of. That was kind of what I did. Just looked for guys who had good numbers and guys who signed with bad teams, just the usual. All right. So we did it. Meg, mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how your team does. I'm very impressed. You are the first. I believe you're the first person to make a spreadsheet, a full spreadsheet of yeah, all the but, names. And yeah, if, but then I panicked. Then I then I panicked. That we all look. Ben got 93 the first year he did it. Jeff got 200 something the first year he did it. I got I think 303. The it is a tough draft. It's tough. It's really tough. And I think that you you did well. And I'm rooting for you to do well because I would like to see if this spreadsheet system uh, works. It'd be nice if we could crack this. Then maybe we get. Maybe we could have to make this well, spreadsheet. No, we don't. But what if? Guys, well, I think. I what think if we that... get so good at this that teams like hire us to do their minor league free agent? <laughs> they don't sign anyone until we've done the minor league free exactly. agent draft. Yeah. Exactly. Well, this has driven home for me i do not offer this as a criticism at all because there are just a lot of these and they happen you know uh, they don't make headline news but we have some we have some of the minor league deals in our off-season tracker but not all of them and i think that really this just proves that we should devote significant dev resources at fangrass to incorporating (laughs) the minor league deals on a consistent basis so that it'll be easier it'll be easier for us to generate a spreadsheet yeah and uh and you use that 
order Kylie and Eric to just prepare a draft board for you if you wanted to abuse your power. I I will have you know the following. It did occur to me, and I did not (laughs) abuse my power, which is part of why I panicked. I'm so ashamed. No, you did fine. No, I like now I know that I can never conduct emergency surgery or defuse a bomb. I can't do any of that. I don't know. You can train for those things. You can't train for the minor league free agent draft. <laughs> it's trial by fire. <laughs> All right. So uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, yeah, guys. Absolutely. All right. That will do it for today. Thanks for listening. We will be back the rest of this week and next week with the usual number of episodes, actually, maybe even extra episodes, but they will be something a little bit different, something we've never tried before, an actual series of episodes that I hope you'll all enjoy. So you'll start hearing those episodes soon, and we have pre-recorded them so that we don't have to do too much talking and editing and producing over the holidays, but we hope that you may have some time to listen, whether while traveling or even after the holidays. And of course, we hope that you have a great Christmas and Hanukkah and other holidays too. If you are celebrating something, you can also support this podcast on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash effectively wild. The following five listeners have already pledged their support and signed up to donate some small monthly amount to help keep the podcast going and get themselves access to some perks. Zachary Peck, Jacob Nathan, Linus Marco, Lisa Lozo, and Josh Bear. Thanks to all of you. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash effectively wild. Check out all the photos of people's secret Santa gifts that are coming in. It's been a great success so far. You can rate, review, and subscribe to Effectively Wild on iTunes and other podcast platforms. Keep your questions and comments for me and Sam and Meg coming via email at podcast.fancrafts.com or via the Patreon messaging system if you are a supporter. Thanks to Dylan Higgins for his editing assistance. And thanks also to John Chenier, official stack keeper of Effectively Wild. He keeps track of all our drafts and competitions, including this one. Link to the spreadsheet where you can find the results and we will be back to talk to you soon What are you opening? Oh, I'm trying to open the box. <laughs> We're very loose this week, you guys. Yeah, no. Is this so this is the box that your your Christmas presents from your grandma? Yeah, it's a very small box which makes me think that it's gift cards. Ah. I shouldn't actually open them yet, but here we are. Sorry. This is as bad as the crunchy snacks during the playoff broadcast. But you know what? I thought that I wasn't going to publish anything at Fangraphs.com today. And then these teams, you guys, these stinking teams and their free agent signings and my dedicated staff that are like, yeah, we'll write about it. What else are we going to do? Talk to our families. So anyway, here, here I am opening a gift card. I mean, the snacks made sense in the context of the moment. You were hungry. It was a four-hour podcast. Oh, man. This is this my, is a little bit more of a non sequitur. Yeah. My, uh, oh, man. Grandma loves these styrofoam packing peanuts. Some of these gifts aren't for me, so I'm not going to open those because that yeah. would be silly. 
I'm not gonna open my mother, her wife's gifts. That would be terrible. Should I tell people what this is? I'd like to know. Oh, it's an Amazon gift card. <laughs> Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> Whose All turn right. is it? <laughs> my turn. Oh yeah, okay. sorry, we have two more picks to do, don't we? 